Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, I want to think that this song came out as Motown was beginning to morph into disco. This wasn't a song from, you know, the late 60s or early 70s. We're getting into the mid to late 70s with this song, and we're moving towards disco. And you know why I know that? Because I'm looking at these pictures of, of these folks, and we're seeing uh, turtlenecks and big lapels that look like they go with leisure suits. And uh, Could have, that have been when they put the video out versus when it was recorded? It's not a video. It's a... It's in front of an album. Oh, it's an album cover. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, suddenly there was disco. And I was a senior in college. And literally, it, it was like it was like a bull market being born. I've seen bull markets get born in 15 minutes. Literally go from totally bearish, oversold, and, and that's what happened with disco. Did you throw down in your leisure suit? No, I never had the thing that would, would be required to buy one of those. It just wasn't ever going to fit. Anyway. All right. Not a good look. Go ahead and, all right. That's, now that's, you know, the spinners, that's the group. And uh, I, I want to keep saying they're sort of a spinoff from the Temptations and that crowd. Uh, this says, though, that they formed in 1954. And I would say they went through a whole lot of, uh, they were called the Detroit Spinners at first. And then, um, you know, they were recording and grinding away through the 60s and 70s. It seems like they got bigger in the late 70s. Because disco lifted a lot of boats. You know one boat that it lifted? The Bee Gees. You know, the Bee Gees had been around before, but the disco thing just breathed absolute life into the Bee Gees. And, of course, it was all, it was this, the, the movie Saturday Night Fever did to disco what, uh, What's it called? Uh, did to country. Uh, Urban, Urban, Urban Cowboy. Cowboy. Urban Cowboy. They both had John Travolta in them. <laughs> no kidding. Yep. That was how hot that guy was at one time, literally. And um, anyway. From, from welcome back, Mr. Cotter, to like a global superstar. Only you would know that one, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> Louie likes that, though. <laughs> Only you. 
Okay. <coughs> Psalm 120, the old-timey King James Version. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And, you know, I tell you, the Psalms, I, I, have, never fa- I have never fallen short uh, reading from the Psalms. You know, there's 150 of them. They're in the Old Testament, the longest of which, of course, is Psalm 119. It's like four pages long. But, uh, okay, we're here to talk uh, about investing um, and uh, that we will do. Go for it. So there was an article in Wall Street Journal, and I actually – I skipped over this there article. Usually they usually are. There usually are. There usually and, are. And sometimes there's quality. Most, and a lot of times there's not. <laughs> there once was an article. <laughs> no. So article I actually skipped article. over this one a few times because the way it, it looked like one of those clickbait type articles. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, there's not going to be any really meat to, to it. Yeah. This one actually, there was some meat to this. Um so as we're getting close to the end of the year, getting into the new year, you're going to have all these articles coming out. What we learned this past year, what, how right. should you invest for this next year? And the, the title on this one is what the stock market taught us this year. Don't fall for these investing traps. There's actually some really good investment principles in here. Um, and I want to touch on them just kind of one by one. So to recap what's been going on uh, in markets this year, basically monetary policy, interest rates going up. Uh, you had more macro uh, events happening that's been moving markets, stock prices, bond prices, all of these. And I want to read a couple of these things to kind of shape where we're going with the, the discussion. Um Perhaps not since the 1970s when runaway inflation and sky-high interest rates were were the crisis du jour has monetary policy affected investment outcomes in such a pronounced way. Yet look more closely and it would seem that Wall Street's been more influenced by perception than reality. Company and individual balance sheets remain mostly healthy. Businesses are battle-tested and unemployment remains low. See the the numbers that came out today. Uh, Similarly, the melees surrounding the economic environment belies what we're seeing. Cruise ships are sold out. Restaurants are packed. Holiday shopping's off to a strong start. And 82% of the S&P 500 companies reported positive earnings surprise in the third quarter. Still, a nervous atmosphere has undercut stock performance. Scores of share prices have been lackluster as company fundamentals have been eclipsed by macroeconomic conjecture. We've lost the trees in the forest. So it's interesting what what they're talking about, and this is well part of it was interest rates going up by you know five hundred oh, basis points. Oh, absolutely. And, you know that that's going to affect a lot of things. It will affect a lot and, of things. And people like Jamie Dimon and and all these people out here. We're going to have a horrible recession. You know the there are things that when well known people come out and start shouting and yelling for a year yeah. about how bad it's going to be. 
it does affect the way people look at things. It, it does, and it it has it has affected it has affected the markets, and that's why we're seeing uh, the just the huge dislocation in performance of different sectors. Now, right. what's that mean? It means there are opportunities because you you look at some of the outperformers, and th- this is this is the the interest one of the interesting things when is the best time to be propped up for a long-term investment success when things have been really bad horrible because that's when you're given the opportunity to buy good companies make good investments that set you up for a a long period of time so the you know they call you know orphan stocks if you if you will you know stocks that people just kind of throw out you know throwing out the 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 baby with the bathwater. it's like i don't want that because x y and z that's a lot of times when it's a great opportunity to buy. to buy. This, uh, give a statistic on, on is, what this is talking about is the Magnificent Seven stocks versus basically everything else. So the Magnificent Seven stocks, they account for uh, about 30% of the S&P 500, and it's, uh, it's accounted for 87% of the return through October. Um, now, this is the part that's amazing. The result is that the total market cap of the Magnificent Seven is now three times the size of every single stock in the Russell 2000 index combined. Wow. So you making that makes seven stocks the equivalent of 6,000 small cap names. On average, 47 analysts follow the typical Magnificent Seven stock versus just five for a small cap stock. Well, they want the underwriting business. Well, from yeah. Those big companies. Well, and, they, they want to have company. They want to be, uh, you know, where they want to be where everybody else is. It's always, uh, uh, it's easier to be wrong with the crowd than right by yourself. That's right. So what does that mean? It means the market has been operating inefficiently this year because You've had you, you have no coverage on a huge portion of the market, and you know the the stocks though in those sectors have underperformed. Quote the S and P five hundred. Nobody's following them. Nobody's following them. That's when you get good buying opportunities, and the liquidity isn't there. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is the that's problem right. that you run into is that you don't have. Uh, you don't have 15 firms making a market in the name. So, or in 15 different big companies accumulating the stock. So what happens is one or two buyer stops and the stock can drop 10% in a day. And that happens, you know, that's happened on a lot of little small cap names. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter about the fundamentals. It's that the fact that there's not many market makers. Now we've actually bought some of these things and made some money with some folks for some folks, some of our clients, especially if they pay a nice dividend, we've been able to find some things. And you have to be very patient yep. and know that the thing could jump around, but you're looking at the underlying fundamentals of the business. The market is always going to have its flaws because markets are, are, are people coming and going, buying and selling in the market, out of the market, you name it. They can sometimes not show up that day. Mm-hmm. 
just like out here at the horse sales. They'll, they'll put a horse through. This horse is a million-dollar horse. It's a million-dollar horse if the right people are in the ring bidding against each other. And it just takes two. It, it could take more than two if one of them stops. <laughs> okay. It, okay. It drives the price up if they're three. Well, that, that's, yeah, okay. It yeah. might be nicer if there's three or four people interested. But the point is, you, 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 when, when a potential buyer stops for a stock or a horse or whatever, boom. Yeah. Money, music stops. That's right. Well, the other consideration, too, with what's going on, I mean, it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, people look and say, what's going up? Well, the Magnificent Seven are going up, so let's put our money in that. Or the S&P is going up, the market cap-weighted S&P is going up, so let's put our money in that, too. And and it can work in reverse, too. I mean, you can get whipsawed. Well, they start looking at the Magnificent Seven like it's a government bond or something, like it's sure money. Yeah. You know, and, and then the other stuff is perceived as being risky. Right. And we all look at things like that. Yeah. You know, that's recency biased. Um, and uh, just, you know, by our nature, we do that. Um, but you, you look, been, we've been having this conversation with, with clients, you know, we're regularly doing reviews and going down the list of the investments in the portfolio, compare some of those to quote, just in general, the magnificent seven, if you will. Every holding in the portfolio, we can say, here's the potential path for growth. This is what would need to occur for probable growth. And and we can state that clearly. This is what could move this company's share price higher. Now, in the meantime, many of them are paying dividends. But you when you're when you're forming an investment thesis <clears throat> it's not just pros you're looking at the risk too what are yeah. the risks what could go against it you look at some of these things that have gone down in price over the last year and a half a lot of those risks have already been priced gone. in versus past rearview mirror yeah exactly versus something like an nvidia or some of these other you know high flyer the, the magnificent 7 in some of those you can come I think up. Nvidia is cheap. It's no, <laughs> a joke. Nothing on this show is a recommendation. Yeah, right. That's right. The, the, you, you, there's a lot more things that can go wrong when something's priced for perfection. Um, so when you have these things that have gone down in price, you're able to for new investors. That's when you're doing real investments, right? Because in, in the the definition of investment is you do your work, you do your research, and then you decide to take some action not knowing that there's actually going to be an immediate or or even virtual outcome in your favor you've done your part the market's going to have to do its but you don't know when that's going to happen a lot of people don't really understand that investing is about making investments in the tough times Mm-hmm. And it's also about knowing how to behave with your own investments in the tough times. Investing, the character of an investor is not formed in, in easy times. It just isn't. Yeah, 
It's formed in bear markets, in difficult markets, markets that are tough to, to deal with. You know, and that's where you learn how to do your investing. And, you know, it's interesting. That way of looking at things is is really kind of came from modern-day securities analysis in the United States. You know, Ben Graham, all those things. That was that's a very particularly U.S. sort of phenomenon. I mean, I'm not saying there haven't been great investment advisors and, and investors in Europe and Asia all over the world, but the stuff that was could be given to the average person and the amount of of uh, of investment information that is available to the average person, especially since my career took place over the last 30 years with the proliferation of, uh, of, uh, the, um, internet and, mm-hmm. and a lot of free information you used to have to pay thousands of dollars for. Yeah. It's up to you to use it. You know, you, you can, to, you have to know how to use it. You, I mean, you, you can get information fed through a fire hose. I mean, just coming at you faster than you can possibly process. You'd have to know, what's important and what isn't and uh, know what to do with the important information and be able to develop your investment so the thesis difference between know. information and wisdom is knowing how to use the information that you're getting. I mean, it's, it's not a thing that uh, anybody can use. I mean, it's, it's something that you've got to learn. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, this, the last year, year and a half, um, volatility in the market that is a normal thing and you don't it's never comfortable nobody welcomes volatility nobody welcomes a down market but you know tom you, you started the radio you started doing this in 08 right 08 09 the yeah. show the show the radio show um you look back all it's when i achieved total consciousness <laughs> so i had that state of zen and yeah. bliss right i had that going for me but you, you look back at all the the different there, there's we, we you, you average one a year some kind of a market event that shakes up the market volatility you know there's always something that's the norm in the market and right. that is it's what we've always talked about is in those down times. That's when you learn. research, buy, learn. We could have pulled things. the trigger on some stuff when it was down if we didn't believe in our research and really ended up regretting it. Yeah. You know, we, we, we could have bailed out of some things that came right back, but we stuck with our research. And when you stick with your research, you find that generally – Unless something's changed and there was a part of your research that now isn't true anymore, unless something's changed, you're generally doing the right thing by sticking with your research. So, um, anyway, it's a. You got to turn your volume up on your phone. Tom's running the phone today. I'm in total control, and you, I have. I still push total, the buttons. I have okay. total consciousness at this point. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host Tom Dupree. If you'd like to learn how we can make your money work for you, come see us. 
859-233-0400. You can also go to our website and schedule an appointment directly on our homepage at dupreefinancial.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Financial Hour coming up. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. You've heard me describe bonds as being timely investments lately. Recently, there have been numerous pieces of economic news which may be pointing to a recession. One of them is that credit card use among consumers has declined. Recessions almost always are accompanied by lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean generally higher bond prices. At many times in the past, the best time to buy things have been when the outlook is unfavorable. For a no-cost, no-obligation examination of your retirement investment portfolio, call the Pre-Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. We're not Watusi. We're not Spartans. We're Americans with a capital A, huh? You know what that means? Do you? That means that our forefathers were kicked out of every decent country in the world. We are the wretched refuse. We're the underdog. We're mutts. Here's proof. His nose is cold. But there's no animal that's more faithful, that's more loyal, more lovable than the mutt. Who saw Old Yeller? Who cried when Old Yeller got shot at the end? Nobody cried when Old Yeller got shot, I'm sure. I cried my eyes out. So we're all dog faces. We're all very, very different, but there is one thing that we all have in common. We were all stupid enough to enlist in the army. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us, something very, very wrong with us. Something seriously wrong with us. We're soldiers, but we're American soldiers. We've been kicking ass for 200 years. We're 10 and one. Now, we don't have to worry about whether or not we've practiced. We don't have to worry about whether Captain Stillman wants to have us hung. All we have to do is to be the great American fighting soldier that is inside each one of us. Now, do what I do and say what I say. and make me proud. Fall in? Yeah!
my shoulder. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, who is going to enlighten us about this soundbite. And we are powered by Dupree Financial Well, these Group. guys know where it, what it's from. I mean, this movie, Stripes, and the uh, you can put it on down now. Um, the, <laughs> I just get, I love, I, I, I hadn't listened to this movie in several years and I realized that I get jacked up listening to that speech. Yeah. And uh, you watched it too, right? Yeah, I watched it recently, but I, I don't think I'd watched it in 30 years. You know, the movie came out in 81. It was uh, it was just a year after Caddyshack. And then two years or so before Ghostbusters. So you had, you know, Bill Murray. uh Harold Ramis. Harold, Harold Ramis. Um, Ivan Reitman was, was the, director, the director, and he was in it, too. Yeah. John yeah. Candy. John was Candy in was in that movie. He was not in Ghostbusters, I don't think. No, no. Or, or he wasn't also in uh, He wasn't in Caddyshack. But um, there was just a series of these movies that came out. But this is called Stripes, and it's about these guys that enlist in the Army, and, and, and it's just... It's a goofy movie, but it's it's a really good movie. It, it's a it's a well made movie. It's funny. It's politically incorrect as all get out. Um, it would never be made today. Just like ninety percent of the movies I like, that would never be made today. Uh, but um, there's something about that speech talking about what it is to be American. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Our forefathers got kicked out of respectable countries or found out they couldn't move any higher in the food chain, and they came here and, and they were able to, you know, do something. It's just like my boys have moved out to Arizona. You know, it's more wide open in some ways for, for people to do things, uh, and, and they've taken advantage of it. So um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I didn't know this, but just looking it up, that a lot of the scenes were filmed in Kentucky. It was Fort Knox and the yeah. city scenes. Oh, were they're on a definite yeah. Really? Uh, okay. yeah, military base huh. or maybe Fort Campbell, too. Or yeah, it said the it's uh, a lot of it filmed in Kentucky, different different uh, locations in Kentucky, for sure. So that's that's uh, new info that that's kind of nice to know as a Kentucky. Well, I'll tell you, when they go to uh, when they go into. Czechoslovakia by accident, I guarantee you that's Kentucky because that's what it said on that website. It, it looks, I thought that watching it again yesterday, I thought, you know, that looks like up some holler in Kentucky. Scenes that were intended to depict the platoon's time in Czechoslovakia were shot in Claremont, Kentucky. Where's Claremont? I don't know. Well, that's like you over know, near Louisville. Claremont yeah. is, is, uh, is over, uh, that's uh, there's a Claremont Distillery and yeah that might be where that is. All right, anyway, so that's okay. Well, Bill Murray still comes. He goes to Keeneland fairly often. Um, Does he? Yeah. One yeah. Czech location, the Russian outpost, took place at the James B. Beam Distilling Company. Yeah, that's Claremont. Okay. Yep. All right. So pretty well, cool. Anyway, I'll stop with a Kentucky lesson there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, 
continuing on what we were talking about before. Basically, the way the way we were leaving it, that when everybody says, "I want to buy low and sell high," you know, that's what everybody says in investing. All that's that's what we want to do. But no, they don't. They want to buy high and hope it goes higher. Most people want to buy when they feel like the worst is over. That's right. They're scared. That you, you, fear's big. Fear fear's huge. Fear's actually the biggest. It's one the biggest. of the biggest. Um, and I can't tell you how many times we've heard that. Um, you know, no, I don't want to buy in yet. When things feel better, when you get clarity on this issue, that's yeah. when I'll buy in. And what you're doing is you're 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 timing the market. You're trying to time the market because you're saying I know that I'm going to be able to buy in at a lower price. Um, or you know if if you when you do buy, once things do feel better, everybody else in the market's feeling the same way, and now the market's gone up, and you've missed. Uh, I remember a big there was this guy that came in. This is just one of men. I mean, we've had several, but this guy came in, and I, he had a fairly good sized account. It was all in cash. I think he might have been an attorney or something. You probably would remember who I'm talking about. I don't remember the guy's name, but. He just had this thing. Maybe he'd sit there and tank, and he says, "And it's it's gonna go. Everything's gonna tank at some point. And when it tanks, you know, I I, I wonder if that guy ever, because he'd been on the sidelines for years, right? And you know, he was waiting for everything to tank. Yeah. Well, actually, that's you know a perfect segue into this next uh, topic. It's it's talking about the the balance that has to be there you know, emotionally for investing. Um, things are things aren't perfect. They're never perfect. They never will be perfect in terms of you know uh, how you know do, is everything rosy in the economy? Is, is are there any problems? Of course there are. There always will be, and that's just the way it is. But you have two types of people. You have the eternal optimist and then you have the eternal pessimist and you know the people you know blind optimism um and that can lead to a, a whole plethora of problems in and of itself uh just that well i know the market's going to do well i'm going to you know hold on to it and it's, it's going to take care of itself that can lead to all kinds of reckless behavior you know if you're if you're always just recklessly optimistic yeah that can lead to you're not going to save as much when you're accumulating. You're going to take too much out after you're retired. All kinds of issues with that. Right. And the flip side, and it's just as dangerous, is being too pessimistic. Right. Um, where, with the example you were given, that I know the market's going to tank, and you know nobody ever puts a, a number on tank, but that's the verbiage that's always used. Yep. Um, I know that's going to happen, and... It probably will at some point. Well, however you define tank, at some point that probably will happen. In most, but go ahead. No, go well, ahead. I was going to say in most calendar years you have declines of an excess of ten percent in the S and P five hundred. So, even in years where the market might go up twenty or thirty percent, you have ten percent drawdowns, and that's not from where it started the year. That's just from, yeah, you know, whatever the year the peak is at, at that point in the year, it'll decline by ten percent or more. So, if you just looked at uh, drawdowns of ten percent or more, you would 
not be able to invest in most years. Yeah. They, they actually did a, a study. Um, I measured. think when, when the things actually tank, those people on the sidelines, they even get more worried That's about right. going in. Yeah. Rather than more uh, ready to go in. That's right. Because, you know, everything they thought is happening is happening, and it may now they think it's going to happen even worse. Well, they're paying yeah. attention to the, the, the news, and the news is saying things are terrible. So they, that gets them to reset what they think is bad. So There are people out there that you could say this is the buy point. It won't go any lower, and they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't wouldn't do it. Yeah, they they did a study. It was a cognitive ability in relation to optimism versus pessimism, and they they ranked it kind of across the board. And people with high cognitive ability actually were generally more pessimistic. They just naturally showed more pessimistic really? behavior. Um, you know, and then you know the better the, to be dumb. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, you can, you, you can be too smart for your own good. Yeah. I've, we've, we've seen this in practice because you see so much or you, you understand bits and pieces of how things work, but there might be something that you're not connecting the dots on. And remember we're, we're in a market that's dynamic and it never is the exact same every time. There are certain laws that govern, but it's not the exact same. So if you're if you're tying, you know, event A, B and C to equal D, it might be A, B and C and then it, you know, it, it changes as there's something that changes. There's going to the be market. another variable. That's why the market goes the the fact that two things never exactly uh, reoccur well, one thing is never an exact reoccurrence of something earlier. The fact that there's different variables each time, that's why the market goes down. Yeah. Because if it was exactly the same as before, they'd say, oh, that total, that same thing happened before and nothing happened, so we're not going to worry about it. But there's always something new in the mix. So maybe even 80% – of what happens is like something that happened before. It's that 20% that we don't know about. That's why people become uncertain and sell the market off. That's right. And, and what we're talking about here is short-term pricing in the markets, you know, where you're trying to time a, a buy point or a sell point. Um, what, what we're looking at, we're looking at fundamentals of companies. And so if, if, if we're buying a company today and let's say, you know, went from a multiple of 28 and now it's at a, a PE of 19, but management's good, cash flow's good, the business is solid, that doesn't mean the price is going to go up tomorrow. Hopefully it does. That'd be great. But we don't know that. But we can see the clear path for growth and most of the time, these companies are paying dividends because remember all the biggest risk we're talking about here is timing. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, 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 it has to do with you buying today. No, I'm going to buy tomorrow. No, I'm going to sell today. No, I'm going to sell tomorrow. That's timing. And that's all about short-term price movements with investing. That's long-term. Yeah. So, timing doesn't matter as much. Right. You want to get invested. And, and that's what it does. You know, when you're, an investor with a value tilt and especially with an income bias, 
that puts time back on your side. And whenever you're retiring, retire, getting ready to retire, when you start drawing money from a portfolio, time is vitally important um, because you're selling something uh, if you're in a growth portfolio, if you're drawing from the portfolio each month, you have to sell something for that income. Um, and so long-term investing by its nature and income investing, that puts time back on the investor's side. Well, and I, I think about this every time we do the, the show here, especially when we're talking about just the near-term noise. I mean, if you want to remember any quote that Ben Graham ever, ever uh, said, remember this in the short run, the market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it is a weighing machine. And that is so true. Uh, if you have done your fundamental work, you know that the, the fundamentals of the company are intact. They're strong. doesn't matter. You can't predict when the price is going to be, uh, or, or that value is going to be recognized by the market. Uh, it'll always be at some point, that you're not expecting, you know, it, it, it'll take longer than you think. Maybe sometimes it happens right away. You just never know, but just know that over time, if you have a company that has fundamental value, then it will go up. I mean, you, you, the value will be realized by the market. You just can't control the timing of it. Everybody has a certain bias. We're all wired a certain way. We're all human. And that's why, you know, we have a team and the, when you have a team of people that are working for one goal, then you're, you're kind of weeding out, you know, the, the negatives of, of somebody's views, taking the positives and it, you're just coming to, a, you're distilling, uh, experience, you're distilling, uh, observations in the market. And that's how you come to a good conclusion. And, yeah. And you know, the problem, you don't want that committee to be too big because you'll never do anything if you <laughs> have to get everybody's input. You have to take this. You have to make decisions. Ultimately, you've got. You can't just sit around and hope that the yeah. answers come to you. You've got to make a decision on things. But those can be uh, when you finally do make a decision. Um, it's better to act and do something than, than not do anything at all. Uh, Even I, if you're wrong. <laughs> I hadn't heard this quote before, but, uh, uh I, I, I like it. Um, Albert Einstein said there are five ascending levels of intelligence, smart, intelligent, brilliant, genius, and simple. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I thought that was, that was clever. Um, uh, by no means are we advocating ignorance. Obviously, you, if you listen to this show, we're all about research, digging in, um, you know, having hard data to back up a thesis on something. Um, but you have to you have to know yourself uh, emotionally as an investor because that's a huge part of it, and that's quite honestly that's that's why we have jobs uh because we're we're helping <laughs> mike's left oh, the secret we, out of the bag we, we can we can tell we can tell no, him. That, we can that, tell that, him that, this that, yeah it's not why we have <laughs> now it's because our clients a lot of them are very capable investors but they might not have the time to do it anymore 
might not have the inclination to do it anymore, or they might get to the point they say, you know, just emotionally, I, I can't, I can't do this now. Um, and emotional control is a big part of it, uh, and you back it up with thorough. The pressure research. can wear on you over, yeah. of investing over a long period of time. Believe me, I've been doing this for forty-five years. Yes, the pressure can be extreme at times, but um, that's because I'm dealing with Chad, you know, <laughs> Louis. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> See, that was a good comeback. I mean, that was that was really. That was about as good a comeback as you could do. No, the problem, that the reason he has stress is he's got to deal with me. So, you know, it's even. It's the I reason mean, we all have stress. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's genetic. There is stress involved in investing. Yes. Yeah, it just is. And uh, anybody who tries to act like it's not, they're not telling the truth. Yes. Because why? Well, the variables that you don't control can sometimes be really huge. Yeah. And uh, the ones that you <clears throat> do control can, sometimes can get overlooked by the market, you know, for a while, and it's frustrating. And then there's a certain type of personality that gets drawn to this business. We won't get into that, but it, sometimes – the business actually makes it harder for certain personalities, especially those that get drawn to it. And to say it's a little bit like an addiction wouldn't be entirely wrong. I mean, there are elements of it that sort of deal with a certain nature of person. That's why every now and then you got to step back from it, take a break, and 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 not engage in it. What do you look like you want to say something? I'm just watching the time and the buttons like I always do. Yeah. Well, okay, here's your song. Oh, we're gonna go <laughs> ahead and Oh, we're gonna go ahead with it. Well, why don't you enlighten us to what this is since it's different than what we came into? Oh, you'll hear it. Turn it up. The Glimmer Twins. So this is the Rolling Stones. Yeah. All right. Time is on my side what we were just talking about you know it's a uh -huh. perfect way to go out you've been listening to the tom dupree show with mike johnson chad sturgill and our host tom dupree we've got another 30 minutes of the show coming up we're being preempted this week by kentucky basketball go to our website if you want to hear more of the tom dupree show at dupreefinancial.com and click on the radio tab come see us 859-233-0400. We will be back in just a few minutes with our last segment. Stay tuned. <laughs>